are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday game day for your New Orleans Pelicans, one of the final three games of the regular season as they take on the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas tonight. We'll preview that game coming up in the third season segment of today's show. But before we get to that, I want to get into a couple of things. One, why Eric Bledsoe? Why Eric Bledsoe? That's the question. We saw it especially the other day against the Memphis Grizzlies. Stan, Mr. Van Gundy, SVG. Why Eric Bledsoe? Let's dive into that one just a little bit. And then I'm going to play a clip from our lock, live locker room show that we did, the live locker room chat. Got a great question both about Nah and Jackson Hayes that I want to play for you all, and we can dive into that one. So let's cover it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. You can also probably guess by after this segment for sure that it's not going to be Eric Bledsoe as the Ultra Player of the Week, despite the fact that he actually didn't have like the worst week we've seen him play for New Orleans. But I, I just, I, I don't know. You guys have heard me on the show talk about this. I had no idea what Stan Van Gundy's obsession with Eric Bledsoe is. And look, it's not like there's a ton of other guard options here for this team. They're still trying to win, even though Zion's been shut down for in an indefinite period, even though there's no Brandon Ingram. They still want to try and get into the playing tournament. And mathematically, as of when I'm recording it this second, yeah, they are. But at the same point, he hasn't been a guy that's helped you win all season long. And one of the questions I'm asked the most, because look, you have eyes, right? You've seen Eric Bledsoe not play well all year long until these past couple of games when he showed some flashes here and there. But in crunch time, well, Eric Bledsoe took it away in the game against the Memphis Grizzlies with that horrible turnover that led to the clear path violation against the Pelicans, which essentially iced it for Memphis. What, what we, we have eyes. We can see this stuff, right? And he hasn't been playing well yet. Stan Van Gundy's continually played him. One of the things I get asked the most right now, like this might be question number one, is David Griffin forcing Stan Van Gundy to play Eric Bledsoe? And it might seem like that, right? Like it seems like Stan Van Gundy shouldn't be making this choice himself. Like it's got to be kind of his hand is forced. So on the surface, I get it. But at the same point, why would David Griffin want Eric Bledsoe to be traded or to be traded? Shoot. I kind of screwed this up. Why would <laughs> we all want him traded? Probably including David Griffin. Why would David Griffin want Eric Bledsoe being played And your response to me is so they can up his trade value and then trade him for something. If you guys see it, my response to you then in this hypothetical situation where we're talking would be, have you guys seen Eric Bledsoe play? There's no way he's got a positive trade value. And if anything, his play this year has probably hurt his trade value. He's more or less posting career lows across the board in more minutes per game than he's played in the past two seasons. He's averaging fewer points than he has since 2020, uh, 2012, his third year in the league. 
He's averaging 12.2 points per game. His career average is 14. The past three seasons in Milwaukee, he averaged 16.3. Before that, five seasons in Phoenix, 18.8. He hasn't been good. I've been playing well. He's shooting 41.7% from the field. That is a terrible number. A terrible number. That is the second lowest number of his career since his second year in the league. It's three-point percentage. Okay, 34%. It's not amazing. It's not bad. It's above his career average. But you know what? He's averaging fewer assists than he has in five years. He's averaging um, fewer rebounds than he has in four years. There's nothing here from Eric Bledsoe that's been good basketball that should make you think that his trade value was going to go up at any point this season. Halfway through the year, we should have realized it. And if anything, playing him this much has probably hurt his trade value even more to the point where now you'd need the Pelicans to attach picks, maybe multiple picks to some degree to try and trade him, or at least a first round pick. If they were playing him to try and up the trade value, that completely backfired. And we should rip him for that decision. So why the Pelicans have been playing Eric Bledsoe so freaking much? I got no idea because it makes zero sense that they've been playing him this much. And in fact, it probably more done more damage than good. At the end of the game against the Memphis Grizzlies, you had Lonzo Ball in, you had Nikhil Alexander-Walker in. The hell did you need Eric Bledsoe in for? You have, you have two guys that can at least handle the ball. Two guys that have been playing pretty good defense. And Bledsoe was playing okay defense in that game too. But why him? We know what he's done this year and it hasn't really been anything good. And so I just, I don't get this. And I just need to air this frustration. You guys have probably heard me at a breaking point the past week or two when it comes to Eric Bledsoe. Early on in the season, sure. Middle of the season, you're trying to make the play. I'm scared with the guy that, you know, has done it in the NBA and you trust to a certain degree. Now? Now? I, I, I don't know. And this, this cannot be the case next year. It can't be. You know, hopefully they'll be able to move him this offseason. Even if they have to attach a pick to him, it's probably worth it for the addition by subtraction of moving Eric Bledsoe. But if he's somehow on this team, you can't play him like this. You can't. Not when this young team is trying to grow and take a step forward and you have a dude like that who doesn't fit the timeline, who's holding you back, who's mailed it in so many times this year. This part, we're just going to get through three more games. Three more games, and then we can hopefully never really have to talk about Eric Bledsoe in a serious manner ever, ever again. But if he's on the team next year and he starts doing the same thing, and they're doing the same thing, because it seems like Stan Van Gundy just has some obsession with him. I don't know. I, I that that might get me to quit <laughs> recording this podcast because I wouldn't be able to handle it because that's how bad Eric Bledsoe has been so far this season. So today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the Ultra Player of the Week, designed to give it to a guy who's just having fun out there on the basketball court because as Michelob Ultra says, enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? So if you're out there on the court enjoying yourself, it's going to lead to really good results and victories, hopefully, for your New Orleans Pelicans. And the dude that's embodying that, especially this past week, is Jackson Hayes. Over the past three games, this is a guy who's averaging 16.7 points per game. He's doing it shooting 57% from the field. Oh, he's also shooting just a cool 75% from three-point range. 
Six assists, 1.7 rebounds, and three blocks per game, and that includes that six-block game he had against Philadelphia. Game New Orleans almost won basically because of him. Jackson Hayes is having so much fun out there on the basketball court, and New Orleans has been competitive in all of these games. A two-point loss to the Philadelphia 76ers, two-point win over the Charlotte Hornets, and just a five-point loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. So, as they say, are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Well, the Pelicans are almost winning, and it's definitely due to the happiness and what we're seeing from Jackson Hayes out there on the court. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, you can definitely enjoy a Michelob Ultra and not just feel miserable drinking a beer enjoy yourself a little bit drink a Michelob Ultra 2.6 carbs 95 calories joy creates success so there you go you've got Jackson Hayes as your ultra player of the week Okay, so we had the live locker room chat yesterday, not on the normal Wednesday uh, that we've been trying to do it because, well, there's a game tonight. We'll preview that game coming up here in the next segment, but I wanted to play a clip from the live locker room show. Join me once a week. These things have been really fun. They're interactive. You get to come up and ask me questions, and I will respond to you. I'm going to ask you questions, too. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot, and today's was simply, should Zion... Have been should Zion make an All NBA team? I think he should. We'll get into that as the playoffs get in, uh, get going in a little bit later when those start to get released. But now let's play a clip from one of the listeners who jumped in there today. Talk a little bit about Nikhil and Jackson Hayes. Greg, how's it going? What's up, Jake? Not too much. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Huge, uh, huge fan of the show. I appreciate you having me on. Of course. Thanks for taking the time. What you want to talk about? So um, with the, I wanted to ask you on the, the with the recent development of Hayes and Nall uh, getting mm-hmm. a lot of run with um, B.I. and Zion out, where do you project him um, next year in the lineup? Do you see Hayes as a starter? I, I definitely think Nall would be a, um, a starting guard for this team. You know, it's going to depend on a couple of things. It, it, it's going to depend on what happens with Lonzo Ball. And if they re-sign him versus not re-sign him for, for Nikhil, right? Like if he's there and they, and they can't move uh, Eric Bledsoe, given what we've seen from Stan Van Gundy, uh, you know, Eric Bledsoe is probably going to be in the lineup for, for, for God knows what reason. Um, right. so that could, could limit it a little bit, but I certainly think Nas should get a strong look at that starting job. He, he's, he's sound defensively enough. I wouldn't call him a good defender, but he's good enough on that side of the ball. And, um, clearly they need a guy that can kind of create some offense that way with him, right? It's so needed and missing him for those 18 games really hurt him. Um, so I think you should get a look at that. Certainly. It also might depend on if they cash in some of the, the draft capital, um, to try and make a move. And if they end up bringing in a guy that's a guard. And so there's a lot of variables and stuff still up in the air, but I could see, absolutely see it happening. And if things kind of just stay as they are, Certainly, they should really consider him being in the starting lineup. And then in terms of Jackson Hayes, you know, I I think you could roll the dice with him if you found a good offer for Steven Adams and were comfortable moving him and got a nice enough return for it that you could roll with him as a starter. I don't think he's ready for that role just yet full time. He's he's close, closer than I think we were expecting him to be in his second year. I'd see him maybe being a starter his fourth year in the league. But I wouldn't hate it if he was starting next year. And given the growth we've seen from him in another offseason of that, I'm really high on the type of player he could be. And also the fact that he hit three threes in, in the game the other night is absolutely awesome and like insane. Mind, you can do that, dialogue. right? Yeah, it's He like stepped really, into him. How much confidence did that dude have on those shots? No, seriously. But like looking like Hayes' projection or, or progression from the beginning of the year where he went from borderline unplayable to – 
I guess he's a backup quality center. I don't know if you'd call him that, but I would at least see him as, you know, fighting uh, for that second role or that role off the bench. Uh, I definitely think with how quickly he's improved, I think him starting towards the end of next year would definitely be a possibility. Yeah, I'm with you. Like he, he sh- in an ideal world, he's your backup center, the first center off the bench going into next season. I don't know if that'll end up being the case. And it also, again, depends. If you're keeping Stephen Adams, yeah, you probably start Stephen Adams and you can maybe reduce his role to a certain degree. If all of a sudden someone's like, hey, I want Stephen Adams, or you trade him, say, for a guard, you know, if, hypothetically Bradley Beal, right? You probably need right. to include Stephen Adams in that trade. Well, then you're looking at Jackson Hayes being the starting center, and I think you'd still have enough everywhere else on the team and then the other four guys that you could get away with that, though I wouldn't be like exactly thrilled about it just yet. But I wouldn't look at that and be like, what What the hell is the team doing? Well, even if we didn't find a trade for Adams, I still think with, with how dynamic of centers they have in the NBA, going from a matchup with you know Joel Embiid where Adams matches up perfectly and then having other center or other center matchups, maybe like Jokic where a more athletic, Hayes could could defend him a little better. I think the versatility of having those lineups, you know, when you do get to the playoffs, hopefully and eventually, um, having both centers might be an advantage. Yeah, it could be. Look, having more versatility on the line on the roster is never ever a bad thing, and I think versatility is a really important trait to have in an NBA team. So I very much agree with you on that. But look, his development's been awesome, and that's a lot of credit to both the coaching staff and to Jackson Hayes too, because it's not easy to kind of make the jump that he had from being unplayable to being kind of good over, right. the, over the course of a season, like in the season like that. So it's pretty awesome to see. Uh, so, Greg, I appreciate you taking the time, man. No, I appreciate you having me on, Jake. So there you go. Make sure you download the Locker Room app. Join me once a week as we do these live chats. They've been so much fun. Can't wait till next week. We'll have more questions for you all, and you're welcome to bring whatever it is you want to talk about on there. So make sure you download the Locker Room app today. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about which one they love the most. And if you don't know what the Built Bar flavors are, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. I'm loving the mint brownie and don't sleep on that double chocolate one. It's rich. It's creamy. You're going to think you're eating like chocolate mousse or something like that. Instead of a protein bar that's actually healthy for you. And if you haven't tried them all, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of them have 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories, plus just four grams of sugar and only four grams net carbs. But you also have some that have 18 grams of protein and just 180 calories as well. You're not wasting all the cardio you just did by eating one of these things. It's a protein bar. It's not supposed to be a gourmet meal. You may as well, eat the one that tastes most delicious, and that is what Built Bar is. It's simply the best tasting protein bar ever. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action over at BetOnline. Plus, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. So before the first 
pitch. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the games as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKED ON. It's free money. It's like you won a bet and all you did was just sign up and make your first deposit over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So it's a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Dallas Mavericks tonight. In Dallas, the kind of surging Dallas Mavericks until last night where they just got kind of smacked by the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies on the second night of a back-to-back went up against the Mavericks and the Mavs probably had the worst game from Luka Doncic that they've ever had. He was 14 of 16 for just 12 points and looked like, I don't know, it looked like Eric Bledsoe. He didn't want to be there. Overall, they just got outworked. No Porzingis for him, but this was a team that had been surging. They had won going into this one, five of their last six. They'd won one, two, three, four, five. They'd won 10 out of their last 12 going into this one. They'd been really playing well. New Orleans is probably going to lose this one. Mainly, not, not because of anything on the court. One, after that loss last night for the Dallas Mavericks, coupled with the fact that Portland and them are basically in a dead heat trying to get the fifth spot, one they both want, well... Things might be a little bit easier for Portland as they're going to be going up against the Phoenix Suns who might be not having as much to play for. So Dallas really needs to win this game. This is basically a must win for the Dallas Mavericks. That likely means New Orleans could get run off or they could play spoiler a little bit. But we know the Mavs like to shoot threes and that's something that's been a problem for New Orleans all season long. You've got to try and limit some of those guys, but you want almost Luka Doncic to be taking those threes and become a three-point shooter. He is only shooting 35% from three, but he's doing it on eight attempts. If you kind of force him into being a volume guy, it can definitely go poorly for him. It's probably the key to the game, to be perfectly honest. I don't know if New Orleans has a ton of chance in this one. I don't know if Porzingis is going to be playing or not. He was out in last night's game. They might be saving him potentially for this game, but hopefully we'll get an update on that closer to game time. I want New Orleans to lose because you know what? At this point, playing is not a realistic thing. Let's try and improve lottery odds just just a little bit. Let's move maybe one spot, I think, would be a really good thing for the Pelicans here. So kind of hoping for a competitive loss like what we saw to the Philadelphia 76ers. Would love to see great play from Nikhil Alexander-Walker, from Jackson Hayes in this one, if they can kind of keep that up. Maybe solidify what their roles might be next season. Oh, by the way, no J.J. Redick for the Dallas Mavericks in this one, so we don't need to worry, or maybe we would have wanted to have worried about a J.J. Redick revenge game, which like I think would have been coming in some like this. So there you go. We don't need to preview this one too much. It's a must win for the Dallas Mavericks. This game probably tells us a whole lot more about them than it does the New Orleans Pelicans. So just enjoy it for the young guys who are going to go out and play and hopefully just, you know, be happy. They're going to have a Michelob Ultra after the game and just be competitive is what we want. But maybe, maybe an L would be a good end result as well. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.